We're gonna be live. I, just... I tweeted it out. Oh hell yeah, we're live by the way right now. Kyle. Oh, <laughs> Welcome everyone. This is Friday Night Live, Locked on Warriors. I did just tweet it out, Kylan. Uh, we're we're dude, we're open. We're open for the stream. We're open for engagement. The road trip is over. Thank goodness. I think they have yet to win on the road this year. The Warriors. I said the most depressing tweet of the night I saw is that they have the same record as the Los Angeles Lakers. But Kylan, you're encouraged. I'm a little encouraged. They played the youngsters tonight. They showed fight. They cared. They played some decent defense. The the, the free throw disparity wasn't super crazy. We're going to break it all down next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And I got a kill there tonight. Uh, Prize Picks first time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKED ON. That's prizepicks.com. And for that match, use the promo code LOCKED ON. You can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills. And Instagram, and you can follow me on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. Kylan, it's 0 and 5. They're 0 and 6 on the year. Uh, the Warriors sat out most of their starters. Uh, Kavon Looney was the lone starter uh, playing, and I'm going to express an unpopular opinion about him in just a moment. Maybe unpopular, I don't know. But Kylan, how are you doing? Happy Friday! And what is your reaction to the Warriors losing to the New Orleans Pelicans, 114-105? Happy Friday. Um, first of all, we're live, so be sure to drop us some comments, questions, or otherwise thoughts about tonight's games. I'm very curious to see what the temperature is of Dub Nation. I personally feel like a lot of these, a lot of these games on this road trip have been super frustrating for the Warriors. They've come so close, and like even against a Miami Heat team, which is a solid team. Like, I just felt like that was a winnable game, and the Warriors were shooting themselves in the foot. They they were either just not playing with defensive intensity, not playing with fight. Or just like making really stupid decisions and stupid fouls, you know, turnovers, bad defense, whatever. Um, but tonight I thought that I was encouraged by just in general the competitiveness the team showed, the fight the team showed, the intensity the team showed. I mean, this Warriors like bare bones crew was going up against the starters, the New Orleans Pelicans. And there were moments where they really were taking it to them. A couple of players I was really encouraged by. First, I would say the performance of Jonathan Kaminga, who's a player that yes. you been to get more time in the game. I mean, to me, it seems like he really came out with a fire lit under his, you know what? Um, and he just had a couple of moves to the basket where my mouth was just like, what? Like there was one time, I think it was late in third quarter. He did a little like spin move, pump fake, Beautiful finish. I mean, a couple other times he just blew by Zion Williamson. Now, granted, he's not the greatest defender in the league, and we all know that, but there were a couple times where he blew by him, just went straight down the lane, finished with a dunk, and it was just so powerful. And so I feel like Jonathan Kaminga looked much better than he'd played earlier on in the season. And one thing I wanted to ask you about, Cyrus, before I get on to my other players that I want to talk about, 
was Marcus Thompson of, of The Athletic tweeted something I thought was interesting. He said, I think that Jonathan Kaminga might just be one of those players who's going to do better when he's able to work through mistakes and get more minutes because he may just be one of those players who like can't handle it well when he knows he's only going to get seven or eight minutes a game. That ups the pressure, and he is a player who's going to make a couple of mistakes, and he never gets the chance to work through them when he does see limited minutes. Um, and also he's a player that maybe just gets frustrated if one thing's go, thing goes wrong, another thing goes wrong, and he needs more time to work it out and to be able to feel like he can play more freely. Do you think that's the case? Hell yeah. I would say one of my biggest critiques last year, and look, Steve Kerr, again, I said this on last night's show, please don't take any of my criticism as me saying we should find another coach. Like I'm not, I'm not nowhere near a level where I'm calling for his head, but he's the head coach of a team that's, 0 and 6 on the road this year. They're 0 and 5 on this road trip. They're 3 and 6 on the year. You're susceptible to criticism when you have a poor start like this. So uh, uh, again, look, Kerr frustrated me last year because he has such a short leash on Kaminga, and I agree with Marcus Thompson, thousand percent. Kaminga is one of those guys, and I don't think it's just Kaminga. I think this goes for a lot of young players. You got to yep, get times to find the rhythm. You know, to get their footing, uh, to get in the swing of things. And last year, there were so many games where Kaminga, he had a poor start. Maybe he played like five minutes and he went like 0 for 4 from the field, had a couple turnovers, and Kerr just pulled him out and you never saw him again. And th this year, I mean, tonight's performance, if anything, raises the question of why the hell did Jonathan Kaminga have the amount of DNPs he's had this year? He's had five DNPs. Uh, why? You know, like, like, like you saw him play tonight. He is clearly a talented player. He started three playoff games last year for very good reason. He averaged 17 minutes per game last season for a very good reason. He was a number seven pick at one point prognosticated to maybe be the number two pick in the draft last year for a very good reason. This is a talented kid. And the fact that he got five DNPs that I, I without any good explanation for it, right? Like it, it's clearly something either behind the scenes or Kerr is just, stubborn in his beliefs and just you know for whatever reason didn't think Kaminga was worthy of playing but when your results are three and six oh for five on a road trip oh I'm sorry they're three and seven I think actually am I mistaken I, I, maybe I'm screwing that up the point is yes seven. I have thousand seven, percent right they're three and seven after tonight's loss yeah um, so I, I agree with you yeah and I agree with Marcus Thompson 100 I would love to know you know if you don't mind answering that same question I'd love to you know your thoughts but I really think Kaminga is a player that you you have to just give him time. Sometimes he might have a slow start, but turn it around. But he's clearly talented. He has a place on this roster and team. And I'm tired of these damn DNPs. And I hope he starts playing. Your thoughts, please. Yeah, no, I think that Steve Kerr clearly is at a very short leash with Kaminga. And it looks like when Kaminga does get minutes, like after one or two mistakes, he immediately gets yanked. You know, and he may be a player who does take some time, like you said, to get into a rhythm. So I think tonight was really positive for him. I think he certainly played well enough to earn himself minutes moving forward into, you know, really fight his way back into the rotation. I mean, we may never know exactly why he was on the outs with Steve Kerr and, and suddenly because he started off the season those first one, two, three games clearly in that second unit. And then Jonathan Kaminga somehow worked his way out of it. Um, I don't think he started super strong in the season, but still, um, I, you know, I don't know necessarily what the answer is. And Steve Kerr just gave the general that, you know, some nights guys are in the rotation and some nights they aren't. Uh, but I think that he certainly has earned his way back into the rotation, Jonathan Kaminga, with his play tonight. A couple other bright spots. The next ones that I want to bring up. First of all, yeah. Anthony Lamb, I thought, 
was electric. I thought that he did really well running the floor. Um, I like him with the ball in his hands. I trust him. I thought he was a good playmaker. I thought he made the right plays. He also went four for six from the three-point line. I mean, I don't know what else you could ask for. Um, I thought he was great. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Let's actually hear from Steve Kerr. Uh, he talked about uh, Kaminga, uh, and I think he he mentioned that Kaminga's earned more minutes. Um, newsflash, Coach, if you had played him more, he would have earned minutes sooner. But I guess better late than never, here is Steve Kerr. Um, but, you know, it was apparent who, who really played well tonight. You know, um, J.K. played really well, and um, he, he's earned uh, some minutes. And... Uh, you know, I thought Ty Jerome was fantastic again. He's just played well every I single night. Lamb. Um, I, I thought um, Lamb played well as well. <laughs> um, you know, I, there's there's a lot of good stuff to, to take from it. Uh, Moses Moody played well. So we've got guys who, who maybe haven't gotten a ton of minutes who are going to get a chance to play. Yeah, so the, so that's his comment. Well, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on Kerr? Oh, I just what was saying that I meant Ty Jerome. I said Anthony Lamb, and it didn't hit me till after the fact. But guess what? It's Friday night. We're all tired. It's been a long work week. Yes, man, today. But I thought Ty Jerome running the point in the second unit. I thought he was really good. I also thought Anthony Lamb was really good from beyond the arc. So I think both those players have really gone to prove themselves um, to earn some minutes. And I also thought Moses Moody continues to look solid. Uh, 14 points tonight. He was plus 10, which I believe was the highest plus minus uh, on the team. And I think that he's a player who, again, like just like Kaminga sometimes needs to work through mistakes. And it's not that Moody's perfect, although he's a little bit more polished than Kaminga, but I thought, again, he looks solid. I think Moses Moody, when he's been in the rotation, looks solid. I think with an increase in minutes tonight, we're still continuing to see growth. So I think there's just a lot of positives. One player I do want to really know about your thoughts is James Wiseman, because he's been the center of a lot of talk from Doug Nation over the last several days. People calling to trade him, people saying that he's a bust, they want him off the team, they want him out of the rotation, um, whatever have you, after a couple of really rough nights. So this road trip definitely has not gone well for James Wiseman. I thought he looked better. I thought he played with a little bit more urgency and did a little bit better in some of the screens. What do you think? Um, I'm going to answer that in, in just a moment because you're right. He's definitely a, a polarizing player. Yes. Um, he's certainly, I mean, I'll touch on that in just a moment because we got to talk about a longtime sponsor of this program first. No, maybe they're a long time. I, I seem to be like saying that a lot. Longtime sponsor. I should have stopped saying that altogether because some of these folks are new. Great sponsor of Locked On Warriors, Prize Picks, and I got killed tonight. I, here's here's one one thing about Prize Picks: if you bet on a player, you're obviously paying way more attention than you normally would to him. Um, and this sometimes helps me when it comes to the Warriors because obviously you want to observe these individuals really carefully and provide as accurate, you know, of an assessment as possible. So when you're studying them that close, because you have money on the line. Yeah, you're going to be paying attention a little more closely. Jordan Poole did not nail the over, um, so I did not win my prize picks tonight. But, folks, it's a damn fun game. Two to five players is what you're picking. You're picking the over-under. So Jordan Poole tonight, his OU is 24 and a half. And then you can't bet on two of the same players from the same team or two players from the same team. So I had to pick a second player from a different team. So I went with Brandon Ingram over under of 21 and a half. I nailed that by the third quarter. Um, but the point is it's legal in California. It's super fun. And that's how you play. You just bet on over-unders of individuals. It could be points, could be rebounds. 
uh, could be assists, blocks, uh, maybe even steals. I don't know that for sure. The point is, it's really fun. You can get money out super easily if you win. That process is easy. And if you download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports, you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks if you just use a promo code locked on. You deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 bucks. If you only have 50 bucks, they'll match that and give you 50 bucks. You just got to use the promo code locked on uh, at the sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. <laughs> On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen today. For your second listen after us, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter and Instagram at Kylan Mills. Uh, James Wiseman, um, I'm going to play some or, or click on some of the messages here because we're broadcasting this live on YouTube tonight. Uh, Rebel The Sounds writes, Wiseman got butter hands. He got to work on his hand-eye coordination. Hard to disagree with you on that. Um, let me see if there's any other, uh, uh, James Wiseman comments. No, there isn't there. That was it. Okay. So I'm shocked because people seem to really have strong opinions about James Wiseman. And like you said, he really has been a polarizing, a figure on this Warriors team because ultimately he's held to a really high standard being a first round pick. He has yet to prove himself to be worth the round that he was selected in. And early on in the season, it's not looking good for James Wiseman. Cyrus, I'm very curious what you think about that. I think Wiseman, um, you need patience. I, I think that goes without saying. I mean, he's he's so inexperienced. I mean, he he would have been a senior this year if he was still in college. Uh, he missed all of last season, so you know he lost his junior year of experience. If we're using this um, college allegory. He played his freshman year. He played three games, literally in college. He just doesn't have the experience for anyone, I think, to really like cast a lot of judgment on him. I mean, the Warriors exercised. Uh, his fourth year option on his contract for good reason. And that's 12 million plus all those potential luxury tax penalties that they're uh, potentially going to pay. They did that for good reason. Um, his rookie year, he was averaging 21 minutes a game and he was putting up nearly 12 points per game, 11 and a half to go with uh, nearly six rebounds this year. His minutes are at 13.4 entering tonight. He, he played in 17 minutes and he's averaging 7.6 points per game. He's averaging 3.8 rebounds. No, those aren't great numbers, but he's also playing really limited minutes. And in 17 minutes tonight, I don't think he was horrible. He only had five points, but he had six rebounds. Uh, he only had two turnovers. His plus minus was only minus three. I was frustrated tonight, honestly, that in a fourth quarter where Larry Nance was eating the Warriors up alive inside, that Kerr decided to go with Kevon Looney. I thought the entire premise of tonight's game was play the youngsters. Let's feel out the rest of this roster that needs reps, that needs experience, that needs proper assessment, which, which can only be done with in-game play. And in a fourth quarter where Wiseman and his 7-1 frame could have been valuable guarding Larry Nance Jr., he doesn't play a minute in the fourth quarter. Instead, uh, Kerr goes back to Kevon Looney. Look, I love Looney. I love Kevon Looney. Okay, if you're a Warriors fan, how could you not? 
if I was not a Warriors fan, I'd love the guy. I mean, he had 22 rebounds in a Western Conference Finals clinching game. You can't ignore that. That is incredible. With that said, though, um, I don't know if he's earning the increased minutes this year, given the Golden State Warriors are now 3-7 and seven on the season. All right? For the year, uh, Kevon Looney is averaging uh, 24 minutes a game. He had 25 today. Last year, he averaged 21. And I don't know why the minutes increased. I, I don't get that, especially when you're trying to develop Wiseman. And I think Wiseman does have value on this roster. I'm not ready to... I'm just not ready to like throw Wiseman under the bus yet is what I'm trying to say. You have to give him a whole year. You have to give him a whole year and you have to give him time. You have to give him the same amount of time that uh, every other player, like who's a number two pick like him or number three or number one, whatever. Anthony Edwards is getting 35 minutes a night. Uh, uh, Franz Wagner, who was the number eight pick in last year's draft behind Jonathan Kaminga is getting over 30, min 30 minutes a night. They're getting opportunities, right? And by getting these opportunities, they can gain experience and play. Wiseman is not getting those opportunities. Jonathan Kaminga with five DNPs is not getting those opportunities. And I am really baffled in, in terms of what Steve Kerr's long game plan is here. It's like, uh, like you, you gave up Gary Payne the second, you gave up Otto Porter Jr. Jermichael Green, who we can talk about in a second here, is probably not going to work out. I, I'm, I think if tonight revealed anything, it's that Jermichael might be a weak link on this roster. Uh, coming off the bench, he commits a lot of fouls. He's not as great of a defender as we were hoping for. He's a little slow-footed. Uh, he's a liability on the offensive side of things. So you have to play these youngsters. This is the hand you you chose, all right? This was voluntary. And if you're not going to play them, I have no idea what Steve Kerr's long game is here. And I would love to know because this doesn't make sense. This makes no damn sense. I'll even play the damn sound bite we have. Makes no damn sense. I don't get it. So, uh, Kylan, your thoughts, please, on everything I just said. Um, well, I think, first of all, if the team is losing, then it certainly doesn't make sense to not play the youngsters, right? Like, if they're on some massive winning streak or they're kicking off the season like last season with 10 straight wins and they're doing all this fantastic stuff, then I understand if maybe you don't want to break up that chemistry. You don't want to ruin that chemistry. And it's a little bit more delicate with how you need to be a little bit more delicate with how you tinker with the rotation. If the rotation is like lights out and the Warriors are playing electric and they're killing teams. But I think the fact the Warriors are struggling uh, makes it more crucial that the dubs use this time as development and use this time to really evaluate players. I completely agree that tonight's game, knowing that they were resting all of their stars should have been absolutely a focal point and an opportunity for James Wiseman to get more than 17 minutes. As we saw Jonathan Kaminga and the rest of the youngsters in over 30 minutes, which is exactly what they need. I mean, if we're going to have a game where we know we're going to rest all our stars and just hope for the best, you know, and to essentially make it a development game, then let James Wiseman develop along with the rest of them. So I will yeah. say I agree with you. I also am with you and that I'm not ready to completely give up on James Wiseman. I know a lot of people are saying he's a bust. You know, a lot of people are saying, let's trade him now. I mean, the Warriors already have exercised that fourth year, like you said, that option. And because he hasn't truly played, so let's let him play and let him have a full season of evaluation. That being said, I think something a lot of fans have suggested isn't a bad idea of getting him some run in the G League. I actually don't hate the idea of James Wiseman or Jonathan Kaminga getting some more reps in, in the G League. And I know it's tough because the Warriors also want to get Ryan Rollins. They want to get PBJ down there to get them more reps. So the Warriors are in a kind of a predicament right now where they're at in this point in the season that they now have so many pieces that they need to develop. Whereas last year, 
Moody, JK, and then Wiseman obviously ended up being injured all season, but that was initially the plan was that, you know, those few guys were going to be the ones they need to develop. But now they're coming to a crossroads with their timeline where they didn't add additional veterans or not all the veterans to, to replace exactly what they lost in, you know, Gary Payton, the second and Otto Porter Jr. And Nemanja Bielitsa. And then they lost mm-hmm. a couple of pieces like Damian Lee, but still, you know, I know he didn't play a lot, but those were still veterans. And now they're expecting these youngsters to fill that role and they're not ready for it. Um, And they also need more development. So how do you develop five players at once? Like ultimately the rookies and then three other second year players, James Wiseman, you know, technically third year, but he didn't play last season, basically a second year player. And, you know, none of them are completely ready. Moody to me is the closest to being ready as far as just being like NBA polish, but like, Still, you know, he needs more time and reps and development. So I just think the Warriors have put themselves in kind of a tough spot with the way this roster is constructed because they are putting a lot of pressure and really high expectations on those three second-year players to come in and be ready to contribute to a rotation. And what this early part of the season tells me is that none of them are ready. Yeah. Like I said, maybe Moody, maybe Moody, but I still think that we see him making mistakes and the fact that he needs more reps um, but I think JK and James Wiseman are not ready. What are your thoughts on Jordan Poole? Um, he's starting to get some criticism, maybe warranted, maybe not. Uh, he played 38 minutes tonight on the back end of a back-to-back. So, uh, you know, he's young, but even a player his age of 23 is still going to get tired playing that many minutes. But um, not a great shooting night. Uh, at one point, I think he was like one for seven from three, finished three for 10, shot five for 18 from the field had five turnovers. And that was one thing that really plagued the Warriors tonight. They had 25 collectively as a team, uh, no rebounds. He did have a nine assists. I thought he was handling the facilitator role uh, beautifully. But um, look, when you start earning that much money, uh, the scrutiny is going to obviously increase. And this is a guy who uh, I don't like hearing the $140 million number because That's with a lot of crazy incentives like MVPs and championships. So let's call him the $123 million player. That's still a ton of money. So uh, in your opinion, again, he had 20 points tonight. Um, You know, how's he doing? What's your assessment of Jordan Poole through 10 games? uh, I just feel like Jordan Poole has been kind of inconsistent through 10 games. Like there's nights where he's hot and there's nights where he's not. And tonight... Uh, you know, he puts up 20 points, but I still think he was another one who made so many mistakes. He totaled five turnovers in the game. I think you mentioned that stat, but that's just the one thing that stood out to me was still just making mistakes and turning the ball over. Um, he had a couple fouls, not too many, but still, I, I don't know where I sit with Jordan Poole because I feel like he's been a little bit hot and cold and a little bit inconsistent early on in the season. Um, I thought he did facilitate fairly well, but I like almost like Ty Jerome facilitating more even than Jordan Poole in this particular game. I don't have a large sample size to make that, you know, full on evaluation. Um, But, you know, I don't know really what's going on with Jordan Poole. He needs to come out and be more aggressive, I think, and just attack the basket more and play with confidence. And like some nights it seems like it's there and then like other nights it's not. Other nights it's stupid mistakes. Other nights it seems like he's in his own head. But I think also tonight in general for the Warriors, like turnovers were very, very clearly the problem. And I think that's one reason why several of these losses we've seen over this last stretch are so frustrating is that because this was a winnable game and ultimately it seems like repeatedly the Warriors are shooting themselves in the foot and they're losing because of self-inflicted wounds that are either fouls or turnovers. And to me, like several of those crucial fourth quarter turnovers and just in general racking up 22 
ended up leading to the dubs loss. But I feel like that's part of the reason why it's frustrating is because like the, it should be winnable. These games are winnable and the Warriors mm. are themselves in, in a position to win, but then just, you know, making stupid mistakes. Like I said, self-inflicted wounds. I thought Jordan Poole was a really big contributor to the problem tonight. And that was turning the ball over. How, how much of the, of the, look, even if I wasn't a fan of the Warriors, um, how much are these officials pissing you off? I'm getting a little sick and damn tired of it. It 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 seems insanely one-sided. I mean, I understand that uh, you know a biased person would say that. Um, Kylan, you're much less biased than me. Does it seem as ludicrous to you as it does to me? I mean, I am seeing so many ridiculous tic-tac calls. Uh, the free throw disparity, part of it is self-inflicted. There's no doubt, but part of it is just these refs. Just I. I, I, you know, I've gone on diatribes like this before. I, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it tonight beyond this, but what are your thoughts on the refs? Is it, is it as crazy as I'm seeing it or is it not as bad? What do you think? Um, I don't know if it's as bad as you think, but I do think that the refs have been all over the place this season. I mean, I know that Steve Kerr uh, didn't mince his words as did some of the Warriors players in regards to now the carrying calls they're making. Like that was kind of crazy that it just like came out of nowhere that suddenly JP3 and several other Warriors are getting called on, you know, what has clearly been allowed by the league for so long. And it just like kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but I also just feel like in general, like I think big picture, like the Warriors just don't get a lot of calls. Like I just feel like last right. season, it felt the same way the season before. So like, I don't know if maybe I'm just used to it and the season doesn't feel different, but I just feel like generally the Warriors and especially Steph Curry, like never get the calls that other teams get. So I don't know if the refs have been doing anything different this season compared to last season, but like the Warriors also now have a target on their backs as being yeah. the defending champs, even more than they already did since they have been a dynasty the last several seasons. But I just feel like the refs are never working in the Warriors' favor. Um, also, I just was laughing because someone commented, no cap 757, that uh, Jordan Poole has not been the same since the punch. <laughs> I hope that's not the case, but <laughs> uh, well, I that. just chuckled at that. Right um, here. Chuckled at that comment. Ever since Poole got punched, she ain't been the same. Uh, and, look, and, and this one, and this factor. one, this one has some merit too. You gotta have the same energy for Clay. The only reason I don't have the same energy for Clay is because Clay's just—I mean, four titles, man. I mean, he's been with this dynasty from beginning to end. The two injuries, I think he's earned some benefit of the doubt uh, in terms of patience. Um, but I hear you, man. Clay's having a bad year too. He is having a bad year. Uh, I want to I want to emphasize positives. Uh, there were a couple that came out of this game tonight. Uh, one of those being Jonathan Kaminga himself. Um, again, why were there five DNPs? I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to find that out. But he did have 18 points tonight, four rebounds. He was plus two in the plus minus. Uh, that was a third on the team. Um, he shot seven for 12 from from the field. Hit his first three pointer of the season. That's a disturbing uh, fact to utter there in 38 minutes of play. Um, yeah. But besides him, I want to mention a few others, and I'll list these one by one. Uh, first off, we touched on this, uh, uh, or you touched on this a moment ago, but just to rehash, Moses Moody, love him. He is clearly a long-term part of this team. 32 minutes of play tonight. I don't know why he didn't have more than 32. Uh, I felt like they could have used them for at least six more minutes if you're giving Jordan Poole 38 if you're giving Kaminga 38, if you're giving Anthony Lamb 37, I think you can give Moses Moody 38 as well. I don't understand that, especially when he led the team in plus minus at plus 10. He had 14 points, 
on four for nine shooting. Perfect from uh, from the charity stripe. Uh, your thoughts on Moses Moody? I know you touched on that a moment ago, but just uh, anything else, I guess. Yeah, I just I was going to ask how many mood, minutes did Moody get last night? Because that was the only thing mm. I was going to wonder as a question, because I feel like Moody maybe not getting big minutes, but I feel like he has gotten a fair amount of minutes off the bench. That would be the only thing I could possibly think about him getting more versus some of these other players who have been getting less minutes. Um, Cause Moody is clearly higher up in the rotation. Um, so that's, that's maybe the only thing I could think. So not a lot last night. Um, or just because Steve Kerr knows what he's getting with Moody. I mean, like as far as like needing to see him for more minutes to evaluate versus trying to evaluate some of the other players and learn about what pieces he has in his rotation. Like, I feel like tonight was also a huge opportunity for the coaching staff to really try to evaluate what they have with, you know, Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome and Ryan Rollins and PBJ in an actual NBA action situation to try to figure out how do they tweak that second rotation and that second unit rather. And how do they tweak the rotations? Because I thought that was the, one of the most interesting things that came out of post game last night was that Steve Kerr was very blunt in saying that we are going to be making some changes. The rotation that we've got going now is not working. And so who are we going to see inserted into that? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ty Jerome. I would like to see him. So I think that tonight was also a big opportunity for the staff to evaluate and assess what possible changes they might make. Based on what I saw tonight, Jonathan Kaminga has got to be in there. And I also feel like Ty Jerome has earned a spot in, in that second unit and much much higher up in the rotation than he previously has been. Um, also, I know we're talking about positives, so I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole. Jump ahead, jump ahead, go ahead. Ryan Rollins and PBJ just like need that G League time to me. Uh, yeah. Neither of them looked ready by any means, and I think it's good that they got some time in an NBA game, but like, you know, who knows? Like one of them could come, could have come out and like shocked the world, but neither of them did. So I just think it's very clear they need to be getting some run in the G League. Yeah, Rollins looked, uh, offensively, he made some, some, costly turnovers there was like a, tra a travel call there uh, among yeah, many things I thought, yeah but i thought defensively he held his own pbj was just a momentum killer like every time he came in the game the warriors whatever they were rolling with just screeched to a halt and his plus minus reflected that i think tonight he went um uh minus 13 uh which was uh the second worst on the team behind Ryan Rollins, who had minus 20. Um, no i'm with you one huge positive uh and, and, the, and ty jerome you're right he, in 32 minutes tonight, he did great. Um, I just look, he's already been getting his his minutes. I mean, mm -hmm. Kerr loves Ty Jerome. Uh, you know, he's averaging on the season, I think, uh, uh, 13 minutes a game. Um, so he's getting his moments. Yeah, I I, I see what you're saying. I, Ty Jerome just doesn't, like, scream out to me like, you know, clutch. I don't know, man. I, I guess I'm just – it's too early for me with Ty Jerome. Anthony Lamb, what are your thoughts on it's him? Early. He actually was awesome tonight. Um, he went four for six from beyond the arc. Had 16 right. points in 37 minutes. Uh, defensively, a bit of a liability. Uh, Nance Jr. was just shooting over him all day, every day. But uh, what are your thoughts on Anthony Lamb? Um, I thought that he was solid. I love the way he creates space for himself, and he created shots for himself from beyond the arc. And obviously, he can hit those shots. Um, so I thought that he did well. And you know who I thought we could have seen more of or need more from who you touched on earlier was Jamichael Green. I have like gone back and forth on Jamichael Green because I thought he looked good earlier in the season and he reminded me of a maybe not as physically dominant, but a similar to a Draymond Green type of player who will play really hard on defense, who will get in the trenches, who is pulling down rebound after rebound and just battling around the rim. And, you know, always there to clean it up and run down balls. And like, I don't know why, but like I, my mindset about him has shifted. And I feel like he just looks slow. 
and yes. like isn't doing much on offense. And I don't know if that was just something tonight or, or recently that he just hasn't looked good, but like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of like switching to the other side of the fence on Jamichael Green. Cause I thought he's looked, he looked really good earlier in the season. So I, I don't know yet what I'm, I, I think Jermichael's out. That. I think he's, I think he's out of the rotation. I, I, I'm not saying he's like done, done. Like you're never going to see him again, but I think he has certainly fallen back in the rotation. Like he's like their yeah. 13th guy right now I or 12th. I, I think he's fallen back because like you said, offensively, he doesn't bring much. He's not a three point threat at all. Um, that shooting percentage we saw last year is starting to look like reality a little bit. Um, defensively players are blowing past him. You know, he's not an elite defender. Uh, maybe he was not seeing that now. Um, and so if that's what you are, if that's what you're bringing, you can't earn, you're not earning minutes out there. I mean, you got to give it to, to Kaminga. You got to give it to even Anthony lamb as crazy as that yeah. sounds. I don't, I don't think Jamaco green has like played himself off the roster, but his value to me is nothing beyond a backup stretch five. I, I just don't, there are just too many other players on this team who need the time. Um, and I think tonight he proved that. I, I just don't. <laughs> uh, Gilbert writes, Jermichael Green equals uh, most spades. Yeah, maybe on a good night, possibly. Um, and uh, uh, I know. I, I, I think Gilbert was the one who also commented, uh, Cyrus, have you gotten Kyle and her built bars yet? And I just wanted to <laughs> put your feet to the fire and really answer that question. <laughs> I'll get back to you. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. I promise. I'll, I'll, I'll order you bars, man. How am I supposed <laughs> to get strong? <laughs> How are you, Box? I, I wanted to go to this one comment. I'm trying to find that it's from Rafa because it's a it's a good question. Um, and I do want to address it. Uh, here it is right here. So Rafa writes, Kerr, four titles, man. He's earned the benefit of the doubt, right, Cyrus? I don't think he's earned the benefit of the doubt to the extent where like everything he does, I'm just gonna agree with. I mean, I I would I look, I this is just me, but I'm a person, I hope. I try to be a person of logic and, and of reason. And when Kerr is making decisions that just make no damn sense, I am going to question it, you know? Like, it, like this does not make sense for Kaminga to, to be DNP'd five times and see his minutes diminished for the way he's using James Wiseman and the fact that, you know, one of Kerr's strongest points in his entire coaching career, and this has been the biggest thing I've always advocated for in terms of defending Kerr, is how the teams responded in third quarters, right? Um, because that shows that you're you're making yeah. halftime adjustments, you're making the necessary changes, you're seeing what the other team is doing, and you're countering that. It's like he's a chess player who's making his moves in the game, unlike most coaches who do not do that. They just don't make appropriate adjustments in game. They usually save that for practices, for you know, off days during coaching meetings. Kerr does it on the fly, and I've respected that so damn much. Um, because I don't think you need to wait and pontificate for like days on end for some roster decisions that really should be made on the fly. Um, but recently, I mean, like they've been outscored in the third quarters consistently. Even tonight, they were outscored 27-25 in the third quarter. They were outscored uh, in the Magic game. I think they were outscored in the third quarter in every game this road trip. Don't quote me on that, but I'm almost positive that's the case. And yeah, I mean, look, he's the head coach of a team. That's by nature you're open to criticism. Kylan, am I wrong? What do you think? 
I mean, of course, I think all coaches in the NBA are open to criticism and or at least should be subject to criticism. They make millions of dollars because they're yeah. expected to lead a bunch of professional athletes to win a championship. I think that I get there's some merit to what the point that many people make and not just Steve Kerr, but the Warriors front office, Bob Myers, Joe Lacob. Hey, trust a little bit of what they doing, they're doing and trust that they do have a long term plan. Um, so, you know, I think it's too early in the season to really jump on Kerr or to blame. I'm not ready yet to blame the front office decisions or completely blame the coaching staff on what's happened. Um, I think it's a combination of everything right now. I mean, I, I would like to say farther down the line the season, you know, that you could really say, Hey, this has been, I've seen people already saying this is Steve Kerr's worst coaching job of his career. It's like, all right, you know, we're 10 games in. I, and I do think there's something to be said for uh, the championship hangover. Like, and that is a point that Steve Kerr has brought up. There's a very short turnaround between that championship and coming back to play another season. You've got a lot of older players on this Warriors roster who are trying to turn around. Some of the younger players who won their first championship and have never had to do this and try to come back and defend it. So I do think that there's something to be said for that and and that we need to give it a little bit more time. However, I also did want to bring up another subject to you because we haven't got to talk about it yet. But what do you think about... 15th roster spot open, or, you know, we're mentioning some of these bigs like Jamichael Green, you know, not really looking strong. James Wiseman, maybe even needing G League time, G League time. What about Dwight Howard? I would love it. I, I, I support it. I say yes. Um, that was real yeah, interesting. I, was little plea to, you know, join the Warriors. Uh, wait, what? what? What'd you say? I said, <laughs> that was pretty interesting with his plea to join the Warriors. That's essentially yes. what Howard came out and said. Like, he pretty much was like, I would love to join the Warriors and mentor James Wiseman and all this other stuff. I mean, why that was not? A huge reason. Like, yeah, no, I really, that's a huge reason why I, I was for it. Because if a yeah. player is advocating to, to, to play for you, that means he wants to be a part of your organization. Welcome him in. You're right. They have a 15th roster spot. I'm all for it. Um, and again, ultimately, big picture here. I'm going to start saying this repeatedly because even though the team is three and seven, I'm not hitting panic buttons. I think the championship hangover is very, very real. Um, You know, like, like when you see the veterans like Draymond Green and Steph and none of them are hitting a panic button. And one thing that is going to change in a week. And I think Andre Iguodala tweeted this today. I think he tweeted the number seven. Am I correct on that? It was today or yesterday. He tweeted seven. And I think that indicated he's coming back in seven days. I can see Andre Iguodala on the floor with Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, and Poole, um, and really making a huge difference, being like an on-court coach, right, uh, while still providing a lot of defense, while still facilitating the offense. Iguodala is that Swiss Army knife, you know, a la Draymond Green. He's very similar in that regard. And – I think he can provide some value for that group on the court together to kind of be a glue. Um, if that fails, God damn, we're going to have a whole other discussion, but uh, I'm holding out hope on that, that, that committee, that even though he's 38 years old, that Andre Iguodala, when he comes back next week, will be like the calming presence, the, 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 the individual that smooths things over and kind of brings that cohesiveness that clearly this bench um, lacks right now. The, ultimately, that's what the biggest problem with this team is. Their bench sucks. And I don't know what the salve is to that right now. I don't know. I, I don't know if Kerr knows that, but I do know you're not fixing anything by not playing your young players. Because 
if they are the you the way you've constructed this roster, they have to contribute. They have to because you know you you don't have good enough players otherwise. You don't. Jermichael Green's not good enough. Dante Divincenzo is okay, but he's not good enough. Uh, Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb, they're they're you know fine players on a non-championship contending team, but look, these young guys have to develop if you want to repeat as a world champion. This is what you have voluntarily constructed as your roster. And, uh, you know, so if you're not going to develop these young players, I have no clue what's going to happen. I don't know what the long uh, the long game plan is here. And I guess we'll find out, Kylan. I don't know. <laughs> don't sound so excited. I guess we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm hoping that they'll all develop and come a long way during the course of the season. And we'll laugh about this. Yes. Like, a couple yeah. months from now. And that's one thing I keep telling myself. And I brought this up to my husband is that I remember last year in March, or I guess March of this year, rather last season, yeah, yeah, yeah. The panic button when Draymond Green was out and the Warriors were like totally bombing. And then Steph had that injury, the foot injury, like right before the playoffs where we didn't know if he'd be back in time for game one of the postseason. And like people also panicked about that. And like, yep. I remember watching Warriors pre post game live and I love uh, Bonte Hills, a good friend, you know, they have a little, they do a little panic meter on there and everyone's panic meters like <laughs> going off the charts Mine and wasn't. So somehow the Warriors always find ways to work through this stuff. I'm hoping Steve Kerr at the front office has a long-term plan. I'm hoping that the Warriors will come out of this slump. I think that given the championship players they have on this roster, they, they know how to turn things around when it gets ugly. You know, like they do, I think, a good job of staying even keeled and just continuing to show up day in and day out and work and not, you know what I mean, getting too high or too low because that's – you know, a really important hallmark of a championship team is that you can't Absolutely. get too high too low during the course of an 82-game season. So fans, we have to try to do that a little bit as well, you know. So that's Absolutely. why I'm trying not to get too worked up over three and start because there's still a lot of time left to go. You're absolutely right. And, and I'm not hitting any panic buttons right now because uh, in the sport of basketball, winning cures everything and all it takes is just one winning streak and everyone's going to relax and calm down. Um, it's also worth noting that the next four games on the schedule, at least uh, three of the four, I hope are easier. Um, the, the Warriors next game is going to be Monday night. Uh, they host the Sacramento Kings, um, and they don't play again until Friday, uh, when they play the Cleveland Cavaliers, that's quite a stretch. Um, so they're going to get some rest, uh, and there's going to be a lot of practices. There's going to be a lot of, uh, I hope camaraderie when they're back home. You know, the one thing. <laughs> Thanks, Totes. Uh, the one thing um, I'll, I I will say, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but I'm just I'm just trying to say, like, don't be, don't people shouldn't worry. Like, it's so damn early in the season. It is so early. Like, I you know I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. It's you know, come January, February, I think things will be fine. I'm I'm not panicked. And Stephen Curry's having such a great year to start the season. Um, yeah, someone I, pointed it out in the in the comments, and like that is a huge bright spot. I mean, another year older, and he has not lost his touch one bit. <laughs> Anything else that you like to promote before we call it a night? Happy Friday, everyone! No, that's it. I mean, let's see what happens when they come back home because that's one thing that we know. The Warriors play really well at Chase Center. They have historically, they played great at home last season. It makes a big difference to sleep in your own bed, get some home cooking. I mean, this was a long road trip and a tough road trip. They were flying all over the place. I know we talked about that. So I think that coming back home would be a good chance for them to reset 
hopefully recalibrate, like you said, get some practices in at some point. And, you know, next week they do have a stretch of several days off to where they can hopefully regroup and find that momentum. Yeah, I totally agree. And like I said, it's so early. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's November 4th. Um, yeah, there's no build bar reads, although we kind of did one Gilbert. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to send Kyle in a box long overdue. Um, oh, and by the way, before we go a little, uh, shameless self-promotion plug here. Um, if you go to the top of my Twitter account at dogs or the holidays are here. Hall of Famer Rick Barry and I sell t-shirts. I owe you one of those as well, Kylan. You got to, yes, uh, I do want one. yeah, resend me what, which one you want exactly, but just go to the top of my Twitter page. There's a link to it. It's apparel. Uh, Rick and I have three different uh, uh, designs for hoodies and shirts. A fourth one is coming in just a moment. It's a Steph Curry night night um, shirt and hoodie. But uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on a Friday night. Um, again, Kylan, people can follow you on Twitter and Instagram at Kylan Mills. Uh, and catch all your coverage with the Pac-12 network. You're, you're kicking yes. ass there, right? Yes. Like, I yeah, got you're a basketball game on Monday, and I will be off and rolling with basketball season for – time being for the future Bravo. Oh, one other thing i want to mention though sorry i'm gonna go backwards a little bit is that another thing exciting this weekend is that dante divincenzo is supposed to be reevaluated when the team gets back home Sounds so good. that's good news because the Warriors should hopefully get him back next week and i think they need him in their rotation as well as we've heard for the second unit struggling so that's one thing i wanted to mention tonight i was like that's also positive he's going to be reevaluated hopefully it'll be good news that next week he's going to come back at some point so that'll good. be a nice boost and we'll roll into next week and we'll be with y'all on Monday. Absolutely. We'll be back at it. Exactly. Kyle and I are, are doing this again Monday. Maybe we'll do another post game. Uh, that probably makes the most sense, but yeah, we'll figure it I'm out. Down. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Thank you again, everyone. Uh, and yeah, we'll have a great weekend. We'll